Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Listeners, I'm going to tell you, We just started this interview and the thing broke. (laughs) So this is the second intro. But you wouldn't know because I'm going to put as much vim and vigor into it as I did the first one. Welcome to Homo Sapiens, your one-stop shop for LGBTQ plus abandon. It's a very special episode of Homo Sapiens, actually, because we have just had Transparent Day. It was on the 7th of November. So I am joined by... The one, the only. How do I do a second introduction, Freddie, and make it better than the first? <laughs> the one, the only, Freddie McConnell, who is a writer, a journalist. He's a trans dad, and he made a brilliant film called Seahorse, which many of you will have seen because it was a big deal. Lots of people know him from Instagram because you are kind enough, Freddie, to share your parenting journey on Instagram on the regular. Yes, I do. I didn't do that back when we made Seahorse. But I've done it since. Mm. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Freddie. We're going to do a whole, this is a whole special about transparenting and, you know, with a, with a smattering of LGBTQ plus parenting, because we are all one family. Hello. Absolutely. First, I'm going to do a bit of housekeeping. Did you listen to our episode last week with Kevin McHale? Listeners, I asked Freddie if he knew who Kevin was in the first intro I did. What was the answer, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> what was the answer? Come on. I'm not great at TV stuff. It's good. (laughs) Well, we've already learned something that you need to get into Glee because you're going to love it. Mm, Okay. I will, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) You can at least listen to the bloody episode. (laughs) Kevin was a flippin' delight. He's so funny and mischievous. I loved our chat with him. And actually, he really surprised me. He was like, he, he, you know, he's he's a big star in America and um, he wears it very lightly. He's just, he just chats away. So if you haven't listened, please listen, listeners. If you have listened, I want to know what you thought about it. And the only way that can happen is if you go to hello at homosapienspodcast.com on your email, write to us, let us know what you think. Or write to us with anything. You've had your opportunity to ask Freddie questions, which we'll be getting to later about transparenting. Agony uncles, that's my other thing. Please keep them coming. I will be giving you unsolicited, well, it's solicited, but unqualified advice, which I think is important to point out. Re-lawsuits. And if you want to get in touch or stay connected with all of your LGBTQ plus news and cultural needs, listeners, head to our instagram it's at homo sapiens on instagram or at homo sapiens podcast on facebook i think that's it for housekeeping welcome to the show freddie thank you thanks for having me 
How are you today? I'm good. I've just been having lunch with my little one, feeding him chorizo. Oh, nice, because you are in... Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been here about six weeks and we're heading home on Monday o- over land. So we're driving back. Is that a thing you do regularly? As in go, go for a long time? No, in fact. Well, we, we came for a long time because we've not been able to get out here for a long time because of uh, COVID, obviously. Um, mm. And yeah, it's been good. Although my kid, I've, I've now discovered, is old enough to like express things like... I miss home. And when are we going home? <laughs> the oh. last time we came out, he didn't do any of that. So um, that's been interesting. We're figuring out how to respond to that sort of holding space for his feelings of missing home while trying to explain that we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You share so many brilliant things about conundrums of parenting on your Instagram in and around, I suppose, the concept that no matter how much you think about something in advance, you can never be prepared for kids' questions. <laughs> oh my, a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> um, there was a funny video you were doing. I can't remember. Was it of a snail? You found a snail or something? Yeah. And fried egg crisps. I don't know if you saw any of that. Yes, I did see some of mm-hmm. that because they're not available in England. No, or anywhere else as far as I'm aware. But it's a real Spanish thing. Will you be bringing any back? Uh, absolutely. I, I'm will you really? orders. I genuinely will. I'm going to evangelize for fried egg crisps. Would you do us a favour? So we normally give away a T-shirt, a Homo sapiens T-shirt for a review of the week. <laughs> Will you bring us back a bag of Fred Chris and that can be the prize instead of a T-shirt? Actually, Def- in addition to a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair because they are a bit, uh, they're definitely marmite As in divide people rather exactly. than... Exactly. It's not fried egg and marmite crisps. No, I think that would probably be one step too far, even for me. Mm-mm. I think it's a pregnancy thing as well, though. That's why I'm just in love with them because they're so <laughs> strong <laughs> yes That's, because so, yeah. how many months pregnant are you now approaching my third trimester so i'm okay. over halfway yeah and how many trimesters are there <laughs> sorry try three three yeah, yeah i thought so yeah so that's way over halfway uh yes i suppose listen you're talking to someone who got a c in maths this is <laughs> fair enough <laughs> i am in way out my depth here and how are you feeling as we head towards your third trimester? I'm feeling okay. I've had mm-hmm. pretty horrendous pregnancy sickness and nausea from right from much earlier than, you know, the, the, all the guides say you're going to get it kind of thing, which I, I had mm-hmm. with SJ, my um, three-year-old, but it's mm-hmm. been markedly worse this time and has actually been accompanied by being sick. Um, sorry, that's TMI, but... Um, Not at all. Well, it's just, yeah. It's, and I've been really amazed by how little people know about this and how little we talk about it in everyday life. You know, obviously everyone's heard of morning sickness, but that's a terrible name for it because it just happens all day long. And um, <laughs> yeah, and you can have nausea the whole way through and people talk about it sort of fading away. And I'm I'm on medication now in order to kind of keep it in check. Yeah. And then you feel guilty about taking the medication because like, you know, is it risky? And then you're told it it's not. But even when you're told it's not, still worrying especially because i had an early miscarriage um earlier in the year because i've been going through fertility treatment in order to conceive mm. so crikey it's uh yeah it's a roller coaster yeah it sort of feels more fragile as a result of fertility treatment for some reason i certainly feel that with my own situation absolutely and i think there's not enough spaces for people to talk about that especially queer people going through fertility treatment and whether you're you know it's your mm. body or someone else's body it's like can I talk about the fact that it's stressful because of the money? Like Mm -hmm. it has to work because it's really expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's a weird thing to say, it feels like, but it's true. And uh, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the experience I found, so we're doing surrogacy in San Diego in America, mm-hmm. and I have found, and I wonder if you have experienced aversion, is I feel like everybody talks... Your your situation is much more complex than mine as well. I should flag that as before I'm like, anyway, about me. But um, the the level of the way that people talk so fast on communicating about it, and you always feel like you're behind. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm behind in science class. Mm-hmm. And people write to you going, hello, did you want to see CPD or something? I'm like, I, sorry, I, I, I don't know who this email's from and I don't know what a CPD is. And they're like, can you let me know by Tuesday because there's a transfer? They're like, what's the transfer? Wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I see, I take what you mean about it, my situation being more complex um, in that it's like less common, I suppose. But actually, mm. I, you know, one of the reasons I decided to pursue pregnancy as opposed to surrogacy, because I also did consider that, um, mm. was just because it felt simpler to work with one body and it's just me and like I don't yes. have to sort of, um, yeah, be responsible for anyone else or uh, talk to anyone else necessarily. And then, yeah, when, and actually the clinic that I chose this time, I went with them because they are, they take a kind of natural, um, minimal medication approach. Right. So lots of that science lesson stuff, which I totally know what you mean. Um, I haven't had to deal with it this time. And I've just felt much more like I'm going with them and I understand what's happening. And, um, yeah, the timings and stuff, I, I felt completely lost the whole way through the first time. And I never was able to track my ovulation properly i just never got all the readings that you're supposed to get i was totally relying on them knowing what they were doing yeah. So yeah it's very confusing yes and as soon as you know you're on to the next stage and no one talks about that bit ever again so you're like mm. oh, i thought i'd just grasp that um <laughs> yeah <laughs> now we're they're like no that's over you're like oh um i wanted to read a message from dan who wrote in part of the th- the theme of this series is asking our listeners like what do you want us to talk about? One of our listeners wrote in and said, I was literally listening to the new series as w- and was thinking if you were going to touch upon LGBTQ plus parenting. My husband and I have adopted a little boy who has been with us for seven months and it's one of the best things we've ever done and it has definitely brought us closer together as well as bringing out qualities in each other we may not have noticed were there before. I am loving the podcast and have been listening from the start. I'm very excited about the new series and the new look. Best of luck. and I'm looking forward to hearing what's to come. Thank you, Dan. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It does bring out things in you, doesn't it? Mm. That you didn't know were there. Yeah, definitely. I was really worried that I was going to be a really anxious parent because I'm a very mm. anxious person. Same. Right. But I think there is hope, Chris, because I'm not an anxious parent. <laughs> really? Go on. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's not true across the board. I would say there are a couple of specific things that I just um, have very strict boundaries around, like so there's a friend's house out here in Spain we went to visit and they had a very tall house with lots of outside terraces and balconies. Mm. And I, as soon as we got there, I was like, we're not going there. We're just, we're not going to sit there. We're not even going to go out there with other adults. Cause I'm just going to be constantly on edge about, you know, someone falling to their death, mm. someone mm-hmm. being my three-year-old. And then mm. also, um, choking really freaks me out. Mm. So I'm extremely careful about that. But otherwise, and I think this is to, to do with having access to amazing resources um, on kind of modern schools of thought when it comes to respectful parenting and parenting that sort of empowers your child and lots of stuff that I think people probably find really wanky and boring if you're not a parent. Um, but it has empowered me to just just be really chill and um, 
Lovely. Yeah, not and and that's something that I've that's just come naturally, and I haven't had to kind of keep my own anxiety in check, which I'm so relieved about. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm literally on the precipice of being like, "You are a deranged control freak, Chris. What are you going to be like as a parent?" <laughs> but also, you know, where I had got to in my head was like, "Do you know what? You never know." what anything's going to be like mm. and more for you to think that you know what anything in the future is going to be like so if you want to do it build off that if you want to do it do it and and then you'll you'll get over the problems have some faith in yourself yeah and i think like also i had a really strong i really started to notice when my kid was very young the things that were like triggers for my anxiety that i was kind of projecting onto him so like mm. around night times so i i was really bad sleeper as a kid and um um, I was able to notice what was happening and sort of stop it in terms of it was just my anxiety coming out in terms of of nighttime. Yeah. So if you're an anxious person, you're probably quite in tune with yourself as well. And you're probably quite good at analyzing and yeah. realizing what's going on inside. So that I think really helps in terms of parenting. It doesn't necessarily just mean that all that anxiety is going to keep coming out and projecting and, and re mm. replaying itself. You can actually... Yeah, it, I think it makes you a better parent ultimately. Although, because I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're on Instagram. I I notice and love how warm you are. You know, with your little one, and how I don't know how warm and straightforward it seems. And obviously, I'm aware it's social media. It's not the full picture, <laughs> but no. I look with admiration. Yeah, I'm. You know, he. I'm very lucky. I feel like I. My kid is very gentle and um, sweet and thoughtful, and not all the time. And I do try to talk about like the tantrums that occur occasionally and film them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going on Instagram Live. Come here. <laughs> oh yeah, there's been a couple of those this trip, definitely. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I feel like I just won the lottery in terms of sort of. Um, mm gentle kids do you know what i'm really fearful of which is funny because you know if i'm lucky enough to get to the stage of actually having a child if you are somebody i'm talking about myself here but i think all queer people can understand this like who has not really hit expect other people's expectations of your gender in one way or another i really worry about having a kid who really hits all the expectations and i sort of feel like i to them am not doing it right if that makes any sense like that you won't be enough for your kid yeah like when you're talking about being gentle like your little one being gentle and like mm. i was like god i fucking need a gentle kid because like i'm not i'm not like other boys i never was mm -hmm. and you know and then how am i gonna handle like william my husband always jokes he's like we're gonna get a fucking rugby player you know it <laughs> we are doomed do you know what i mean yeah but i think like it's making me laugh because my little nephew is definitely just a, a rugby player out of the womb um mm. but he's also really sweet and he's also really gentle and i think like we have these ideas these sort of stereotypes about kids and they and actually your kid is going to be a really complicated individual person that you, i think this is what's hard for people who are desperate to become parents but aren't yet you just cannot imagine what your kid is going to be like mm. or, or really like the reality and it sounds really patronizing but like I'm just remembering, I mean, I was really worried when I was pregnant with SJ that I would, um, I would, I would tend to, to sort of look at random other kids and just be like, I can't imagine really loving you. <laughs> <laughs> I can absolutely relate. Right. And like, 
so yeah, I was worried. I was like, am I just a cold-hearted bastard who should never have children? Because like, this doesn't feel right. But then, oh. then they're your kid, and and then like they grow up in your house around you. And I do think I, I, definitely they kind of come out, you know, with their personalities somewhat there, and they you know they are people, and you kind of learn who they are as they go. But um, mm. but yeah, I mean, in in your house, you've got an opportunity to kind of create that environment that has a huge influence, and you know, you listen to the parenting podcasts, and you'll mm. be grand, you know. Who were some of the resources that were great for you? Yeah, so, well, the the biggest thing, and I can't remember even how I found it, is a podcast called Unruffled by a woman called Janet Lansbury. I've got her book. Well, there you go. You're sorted. Haven't read it. Um. <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't actually bought any of her books because I just knew I wouldn't read them. But her podcast is amazing. And there's short little episodes and each episode's got a very descriptive title. So okay. I look at them and I'm like... That yes, that is what is happening. God, please help me. <laughs> like explain oh, that. Oh, brilliant! Like it's just it incredible. Yeah, that's been. I mean, I wouldn't say I subscribe to the whole like um, philosophy that she was trained in, but I think that's also fine. You can just kind of take what you need from it and adjust it to to work for you. And then, really, actually, the only other book that I've I'm constantly recommending uh, is um, called Parenting Beyond Pink and Blue. Oh, I like that. All about obviously gender and. Um, and it really, really opened my mind to all the ways in which babies and children are gendered uh, in ways that are beyond your control and even subconscious. Mm. And yeah, kind of um, set me on a path of knowing what I wanted to do. Well, actually, it's interesting you say that about that, the second recommendation, because I realised as I was saying, you know, about my fears about having a rugby playing kid, I am inserting a reductive thing about gender onto that assumption which is just because they're rambunctious and like rugby doesn't mean they're unable to emote you know what i mean but Mm. that's just toxic masculinity that we put on boys of like you you don't show emotion there was this beautiful thing someone shared on it might have been you actually um on instagram the other day about a parent going to the school gates and the kid turned back a boy turned back to wave at his mother and the teacher went oh do we wave at mummy do we like kind of you know took the piss and 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 it was and someone shared it going this is how it starts Mm. why why not why not let that kid be vulnerable they want to they want to you know why not let that kid do whatever they want quite frankly it's i do find it really scary and overwhelming and i know that anything i do as a single dad is just like sticking my finger in the hoover dam as it's about to sort of uh, flood over me in terms of gender stereotyping i mean i think it just be, it begins so much earlier than that it begins when they're in the womb and you find out the sex and i understand it because i think it comes from a place of wanting to feel like you know your child before they're even here and you know when mm. they're just like little pink lumps uh through the newborn stage but um apparently you know we play differently with boys and babies that we perceive differently and we hold them differently and we have different expectations and we just can't help it like Mm. we just need to categorize and and feel like we understand and i think it's a constant learning process for parents and it's like a responsibility i feel that responsibility very heavily and it's probably partly to do with being trans but not entirely by any means and i've always feel really depressed when i realize that like it's not something all parents think about constantly because i'm like guys we've got no chance unless we're all on this you know yeah it does it does make me sad when because i feel that there's been so much progress but then sometimes i'll be standing somewhere and i'll hear something that i remember hearing when i was six Mm. you know what i mean about like oh he's gonna be a footballer and i'm like 
oh god like mm. i don't know i just get a bit like oh i thought that was gone <laughs> yeah no i mean if you look at the history of it i don't know if this is you know it kind of fascinates me so um i remember seeing a photo of one of the american presidents from sort of mid uh yeah mid-century i suppose when he mm. was a baby he he looks like a little girl quote unquote because he's got long hair and he's wearing a white dress and then you read that actually like 100 years ago all kids it was it was considered sort of immoral to gender a child it was inappropriate and weird and then if you go and then that sort of slowly started to change um but even in the 70s and 80s if you look at toy advertising it's very gender neutral and everything's primary colors and boys and girls are doing the same things so actually this this gender scourge is very new very modern and is getting worse i would argue hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's a shame to hear. But then, you know, I really remember like... I I I always had a doll when I was little. My dad went and got me a doll, and he was amazing. Mm. Never, no one ever told me any different, like that I wasn't allowed to do that. But uh, that was. I remember walking into a house as a three-year-old, whatever, maybe four, holding my doll to show my neighbour who had the same doll as me, a girl, and I was like, oh, "I've got to go and show her." And I just remember the parents just. This is how I recall it. Mm. Them just being like, "What the." fuck whereas i do i do feel like now i'm not sure that would happen i don't know no i think you're probably right and in that sense on an individual basis there is progress what stands out to me a lot now which never did is is all the defaulting stuff like right if you are playing you will default to every animal or soft toy being he Mm-hmm. Um, or an inanimate object will be he. Uh, mm-hmm. Or when we're crossing the road, one of the things I do is make sure I say, wait for the green person. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I always think, God, if anyone heard me say that, I think like, they'd think I was such a twat. But like, I, you know, if you don't go out and root and branch, just yeah. make sure that not everything you are doing is defaulting to male. Then, you, yeah, you've already lost kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah how can if you don't do that how can you expect the results to come out the other end any different well that exactly yeah so we did a little survey with listeners when we told people you were coming on mm-hmm. and we said do you want kids someday 44 percent of you listeners said yes 56 percent of you said no and then we went on to ask are there enough resources for lgbtq plus people who want to have kids a resounding 91% of you said no. <laughs> um, so come on, everybody, get off the fence. 9% of you said yes, there are enough resources. Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> 
as a trans dad. Oh, yeah. Shall I just press go? I'm just going to lie back on the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) How have you found the resources? Because I know very particularly over the past few months, you have been sort of documenting the midwifery emails you get and Mm. or letters and, you know, them calling you an expectant parent or not or you know, mm. tell me about how that how that's been yeah that's felt more pronounced this time weirdly i've had a i've had a series of letters from like the local hospitals or my gp surgery um that are obviously just default templates to talk about mothers and women mm. um which the weird thing is like i'm not um massively upset when that happens it just genuinely doesn't feel like it's for me, I, mm. so it's almost I don't really sort of take in the information, and then I'm sort of thinking about the other parents that that might have happened to, and it genuinely like so. One of them was for the whooping cough vaccination, which you're supposed to get if you're pregnant, and I haven't booked an appointment, and I can't even tell you why really. I can't even justify it. it I'd like it's actually quite silly and irrational, but I just feel like I feel like I haven't got a letter about it because the letter I got. It's weird. It's like a, a sort of strange. I know. I know why it is, and like you know, it's to slightly to do with dysphoria, but it's a mm. it's a weird psychological disconnect um, where I just it's almost maybe it's like self protection. I just cannot engage, and I think that's something. Uh, the worst iteration of that is where trans a trans man or non binary person might be pregnant, not realize it, or, or know that they are, and, and you know, do something like go through miscarriage or like completely by themselves or you know later on you know you're supposed to monitor your baby's movements and if they stop you're supposed to tell someone if i was especially if i was much younger and that happened i could well imagine just not telling anyone mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's terrifying and, and i know people i've heard stories of people losing their babies in the worst possible circumstances where doctors didn't believe them and, and that kind of thing so yeah that's the most extreme end of things i suppose um and it really does matter and it's not about respect or offense it's about safety yes um which all healthcare professionals you know should want to prioritize um Mm. so yeah i mean in terms of resources i don't know if i'd be where i am if i if it wasn't for my mum and um growing up in a very pregnancy positive home well i was a definitely a gender non-conforming little kid but didn't hear the word trans until I was in my early 20s and didn't sort of come out until then anyway. So I suppose my mum just assumed that she had two daughters who would have babies and and we were always told how amazing that would be. And yeah, and and I've always loved kids, got on with kids really well. I've always babysat and found it really easy to talk to kids. And so I always kind of had a very positive feeling about kids and pregnancy and family. Um, growing up so I sort of always knew it could be for me and so she and and she would also talk about pregnancy weirdly in this kind of uh gender inclusive way where she she's a feminist so she she, you know she knows that if men experience pregnancy the society would be better for it kind of thing so she'd Mm. say things like you know I'd be great men and women everyone should be able to experience pregnancy it's me so I was hearing that kind of stuff from a very young age and no one knew how (laughs) impactful Mm. it would be I suppose so yeah I the only time I thought maybe I couldn't do any of that is when I was told that testosterone would make me infertile, mm-hmm. which is not just a lack of resources. It's like active misinformation on the part of the NHS. So yeah, I mean, crikey, how do you, and that's still happening. Um, 
sometimes it happens directly and other times it happens more by inference or implication or you're kind of or you're told that there's a risk to your infertility um and i just heard this morning actually uh someone saying that a friend of theirs had decided not to have any more kids they're trans because of the birth certificate situation uh because they would have to register as mother if they gave birth again they're just gonna not grow their family in the way that they would have done otherwise which so yeah i don't know if it's not technically a resource issue but it's definitely a kind of accessibility um thing which i and i think it's pretty terrible <laughs> especially for trans parents yes i want to come on to the birth certificate thing in a minute but mm-hmm. um just to go back on what you're saying about it's not about respect it's not about offense it's about safety and i'm you know i'm reminded of for example um there's that colloquial story about how like someone comes to the doctor and says three things like oh it's my toe my knee and my finger and then the doctors are taught to say as they get up like anything else and that's normally when people say the thing that they really came in for because Mm. it's fucking terrifying like i hate it you know like i'm in the luckiest bracket of the lgbtqia plus spectrum as in a gay man like most people know what that is and i still like hate having to talk about all that stuff you know Mm. let's put it in in a scenario which is about where you feel like the person probably won't feel comfortable talking about it let alone they know or don't know that Mm. means people are not going to say what's wrong with them and this is a person a, a pregnant let's say it's a pregnant trans man like this is their life and the person inside them's life you know yeah absolutely and especially because a lot of the time um i don't have any we don't have any statistics because none of this stuff is tracked or anything but um anecdotally it would seem that trans men quite often fall pregnant by mistake um because Mm. because they think that testosterone is a contraceptive because they think that it makes them infertile all these things have a kind of knock-on domino effect so i think that's also a really dangerous situation where you're not given proper sexual health information um or you know how told how to have safe sex and then you end up pregnant by mistake. I, I think um, as a man that would feel, yeah, I, I could well understand not feeling able to talk about that with anyone, yeah. let alone um, mm. a judgmental GP kind of thing. Yes. And we asked, um, have you had, uh, talking about sort of specific experiences, we asked, have you had a good or bad experience with health professionals related to LGBTQ plus parenting? 72% of you wonderful people out there said, bad 28 percent of you said good mm-hmm. um so you know it's there's a lot a lot of work to to be done yeah what areas do you think we could if there is a short answer to this type thing you know rather than like everywhere like is, are there areas you wish you could see improve um oh god i feel like the problem is so is a bit i just you know <laughs> could could all doctors just be told <laughs> that lgbtq people are as likely to want kids and a family as everyone else so mm. that would i just feel like that would solve it sounds like a that's a hard thing to do but i think so much of this would so easily be solved by that kind of just popping that mystery bubble or whatever it is of just like mm-hmm. if someone mentions this or talks about this don't let your jaw drop i mean like i'm thinking back to when i was at my gender clinic in london and this old 
uh, consultant who I always feel like saw me as a kind of, quote, star pupil because I was a man, a proper man, because I liked the cricket and I had a proper job and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, it's just so gross. And I always very, very privileged because I pass as a cis straight man usually. And that has definitely worked my advantage in the past. Mm. I told him I was thinking of pausing testosterone to, to have a baby because I'd found out off my own bat almost by chance that that was possible. And he was visibly appalled. <laughs> so I think... Really? Oh, absolutely. Um, and then because I wasn't following the set pathway to, to to getting lower surgery, like genital surgery, as quickly as possible, although I haven't ruled mm. it out in my future, um, he discharged me, which felt... Which I sort of didn't think about much at the time. I just thought, oh, well, screw you, whatever. Um but then afterwards, I realized actually that meant that I couldn't access mental health support while I was pregnant. And luckily, my endocrinologist sort of scooped me up and, and now sees me separately away from the gender clinic um, and is, is really supportive. But yeah, I mean, Craig, if I hadn't been a confident person who was very used to having sort of white passing or white and it's cis passing privilege, I mm. I could well have changed my mind, you know, like just that. Yeah, just just to for doctors and healthcare professionals to know that they need to like still be doctors and healthcare professionals when a queer person talks to them about family and parenting and not not let their own preconceptions and judgments kind of flood in and make them panic. Mm. Um because even the tiniest hint of that will make someone withdraw, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and then and then at the clinic, the fertility clinic, I remember going for counseling, that sort of mandatory counseling, although it's not actually mandatory. I I since found out and I, by the end of it, me and the parent, person I was thinking of co-parenting with at the time, we were basically counselling him because he was clearly so weirded out by the, he was like, what are you going to tell your children? Like, how are you going to break the news to them? And, oh, it was, yeah, luckily we were able to laugh about it afterwards, but um, it was, it made us both angry and just, it, we came out like, didn't know which way to look or think, or it was just like, what the hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, well, it's about that thing of, you often end up carrying the emotional weight, don't you? Mm. In so many scenarios of the queer experience, you kind of take the heavy weight of the room being like, oh, no, 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 it's, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So I think just some basic LGBTQ awareness training across the mm. board would actually go a long way. Freddie, I've been noticing on your Instagram about the birth certificate situation and you're going to have to go to Sweden to be recognised as the dad on your new baby's birth certificate is that correct yeah i don't have to but it is my best option for for getting a birth, a birth certificate that's accurate that will um can sort of be with my child for the rest of their life without causing them problems because otherwise here they want to list you as the mother is that yes under english right. law the mother is the person who gives birth so it doesn't really allow for like surrogacy arrangements and it doesn't allow for trans parents either. And uh, given the chance to change that, the government said no. That's delightful. I had a court case trying to change it and they were just like, nah, we are not interested in this. Well, it's funny you say that. Sorry, I'm aware you need to answer the question I just asked you. Um, but I, when we were talking about when we bring, if we're lucky enough to get a kid back for surrogacy, the way that you actually get your name on the birth certificate is not legal, but they just overlook it and they just do it. Yeah, I've, I've been interested about this with sort of international surrogacy, because I know if you do surrogacy in the UK, then the surrogate has to go down as the mother. And also mm. her partner, husband, goes down as the father, even if he's got absolutely nothing to do with it, which is wow. just shows you what we're working with here and when this system was created. 
but then the intended parents, be they two dads or two mums or a mum and a dad, have to go to court and then have a social worker visit. And then they get like signed off as the parents, even if they're genetically related to the kid. Um, but they can't be mother and father or father and father. They, they're only allowed to be parent, parent. So there's this kind of hierarchy still, even when you get recognition as a queer parent of any kind, mm. it's, it's not quite the same. You're not allowed that mother or father title. So I think it's far from perfect and is actually, yeah, the whole LGBT parenting community needs to kind of fight this battle. Yes. And it comes at a time often when you're trying to have a kid and then you have the kid and you ain't got time for court cases. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's... I didn't realize I would have this problem before having my first kid, but I felt like I had to challenge it once I did realize the problem so that I could sort of mm. just say to my kid, well, I tried everything <laughs> and I'm yes. sorry. But yeah, my, my eldest, my firstborn doesn't have a birth certificate yet because the court case is still ongoing through to the European level and that might take years. But I thought rather than have two kids that didn't have birth certificates, if I can, um, and I'm very lucky to have such amazing support from my mum and stepdad, I could go to Sweden where they changed the law in 2019. They they kind of had the opposite reaction to the UK government. The UK government was like, no, 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 no. Mother is not a gendered term. Men can be mothers. That's the good solution. In Sweden, they were like, oh, yeah, well, if you're legally male, then you, you have to be the father. And I am legally male. So in Sweden, it's not about mm. having the choice. It's just about... You're, I'm going to be the father because I'm legally male <laughs> and it's not necessarily about who gives birth because obviously family these days can take all sorts of different forms and their laws are aiming to reflect that whereas our laws want to just ignore that mm. and then tell me about the fundraiser so yeah I, I wouldn't be in a position to go to Sweden um, sort of just out of pocket and neither would my parents be in a position to help me with that neither would I want them to because that's just like way beyond the call of duty no one should have to do this but now that I realize I have the option, I am fundraising basically to be able to do it. Um, so we're, my mum started the fundraiser. I was <laughs> in such a mess. I couldn't really get my mind straight about what I should do and whether it was safe. And should I just stay here and give birth uh, in the UK and then sort of deal with the fallout afterwards? But so my mum very kindly took it upon herself to kind of get this thing started. And obviously pregnancy is unpredictable so we might not get to sweden but mm. if we leave it too long there won't be time to raise the money um yes. it's quite a big target of, of 10 grand to pay for like accommodation and a bilingual doula and possibly medical bills although there's a chance the nhs might be able to cover that i'm still mm. waiting for clarity on that and travel and we might have to travel over land um because obviously you can't fly after a certain point and mm -hmm. yeah anyway <laughs> it's very very mm. complicated but you know well you're doing it for yourself but you're doing it for all of us i'm you doing know? it primarily for my kids i would mm. i would definitely say and, and make clear you know i think people do think this is about me and, and my identity and having that recognized but really it's much more to do with this document that is my child's document that i mm -hmm. think mm. absolutely has to be reflective of their reality so they're not having to produce this thing that has their father's name in the mother section and then they have mm -hmm. to explain that in potentially sensitive situations all throughout their mm. lives like that's not fair but yes mm. ultimately obviously i want this to help all trans parents and it's not just trans men who give birth it's trans men whose partners give birth they are in a legally precarious situation um so yeah god we got a long road ahead of us but mm. if i can just sort of get to sweden and then get my kid this birth certificate i can sort of carry on fighting it and um focusing on on the bigger picture how can we donate 
Well, it's on a, it's a GoFundMe. I, the link is probably very long and unwieldy, but it's on my Instagram. It's sort of, okay. Yeah. It's the link in my Instagram at the moment. McConnell and Freddie with a Y. Freddie with a Y. And then McConnell is two C's and then two N's and then two L's, right? It is. Yes. Star people over here. Okay. So here's the thing, listeners. We need to donate. The first three people who can send me proof of donating. I will post them. Freddie, you've got to be involved in this, so you have mm-hmm. to you have to opt in or out. I will post them a packet of fried egg crisps that Freddie <laughs> has brought back from Spain. <laughs> brought back from Spain. And it's only the first three people, okay? So you might but if you can send me proof that you've donated oh. <laughs> I how do you feel about this? That, I mean, I didn't expect you to say that. It's, yeah, that would be incredible. I sort of feel like the Friday crisps might end up being more of a booby prize if uh, if you don't like them, but they are an experience. But you've got to try them. You've got to try them. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's not, this isn't something for our vegan listeners. I'll admit it, but we're trying uh, to do some good here. I don't think it's real egg. I mean, I'm sure. But no, I mean, that would be, it would be incredible. Yeah, thank you. So will you bring back these four packets? I'm going to go into the, the local supermarket well. and buy a box of them. You know, you, like, are you hearing this, listeners? Yeah. This is this is grassroots <laughs> activism <laughs> via fried eggs. Um, wonderful. Okay. Perfect. Freddie McConnell, what a lovely man. That's the end of part one of my chat with Freddie. Head over to the feed and you can have a listen to part two. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.